Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Kamak. Hello, theorists. So uh, today we are, going to be, we are going to be going over our uh, predictions from the Brothers War. Uh, these are something we do for every major release, uh, where we state the cards that we think will see the biggest impact in Commander uh, as measured by the number of decks on EDH rec. So uh, we'll be reviewing our previous predictions and we'll be making new predictions for All Will Be One. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits, including ad-free episodes for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, Let's start uh, with our Brothers War predictions. We're going to be going over what our predictions were, what the actual top 10 was, and we'll be talking out uh, sort of where the, like why we think we missed on a couple things and uh, cards that kind of showed up in the top 10 that surprised us a little bit. So starting off, uh, our, our combined list was Loren of the Third Path. This is the, the white Reclamation Sage which a couple, with a couple of bonuses thrown on. Uh, Gix, Yogmoth Praetor. That's uh, the three mana, um, sort of like a black uh, Edric, but it requires people to pay life. Um, we have Awaken the Woods, which is X green green, uh, create X dryad arbors. Uh, Demolition Field, which is like Field of Ruin, except you don't give away uh, extra lands to the people who aren't involved in the exchange. Uh, so like opponents C and D do not benefit from you blowing up opponent B's land. and then. Uh, haywire mite this is the one mana artifact creature insect hopefully it'll be rotted to be a mite at some point and you can pay green and sacrifice it to exile a non-creature artifact or enchantment portal to phyrexia which is the nine mana artifact when it enters the battlefield each opponent sacrifices three creatures and then at the beginning of your upkeep you can pick a creature card from any graveyard put it on the battlefield under your control and becomes a phyrexian Number uh, number seven on our list was Cityscape Leveler. This is the eight mana, eight, eight trample. Uh, when it attacks, you can, or actually when you cast it or it attacks, uh, you can blow up a permanent, non-land permanent, um, and replace it with a power stone, and it has unearth for eight. Next on our list, we have Liberator Urza's Battlethopter. This is the three mana, one, two artifact creature uh, with flying and flash. Um, your colorless spells have flash and when you cast spells with uh, mana value greater than its power it gets a plus plus one counter number nine on our list was sky fisher spider Uh, this is two black green for a spider with reach Uh, when it enters the battlefield you can sacrifice another creature if you do you destroy target non-land permanent and then argoth sanctum of nature um, this is a land. It enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a green legendary creature. It taps for green and it has two green green tap, create a 2 2 bear creature token, then mill three cards, activate only as a sorcery. So those were our top 10. And honestly, we got a surprising number of hits. Um, Heck yeah. Do you want to read off the, the actual top 10? Yeah, so the actual top 10 was number one, Demolition Field. Number two, Loran of the Third Path. Number three, Awaken the Woods. Uh, number four, Takasia's Welcome. So this is a three-mana white enchantment, cost two and a white. It says the first time a creature with power two or less enters the battlefield on your turn, uh, each turn you may draw a card. So, Oh, like, sorry, it's uh, mana value three or less. Oh, mana value three or less, sorry. Yes, so the first time a creature with mana value three or less enters the battlefield on your turn, you may draw a card, do this once a turn. Um, Portal to Phyrexia, uh, Liberator, Urza's Battlethopter, Haywire Might, uh, Mirel Shield of Argive, uh, and Mirel Shield of Argive is the mono white four mana. Uh, I think it's four mana. I'm, I'm doing this without yes. looking it up. Uh, soldier Commander, where when uh, Mirel attacks, you get a bunch of tokens uh, and also even more, right? It, she does even more stuff. She <laughs> also sure. is like a grand abolisher. Um, yeah, so you can't cast spells in your turn. Um, oh yeah, and uh, activate abilities of artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Big token, soldier token payoff. Uh, number nine was the Might Stone and Weak Stone. 
And number 10 was Gix Yagmoth Praetor. So we hit a whopping seven of the seven top out of 10. <laughs> and I, I will point out that um, before we combined our lists, uh, Zach also predicted Tokazia's Welcome and the Might Stone and Weak Stone. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Pre- yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. darn good hit rate, uh, especially after we, we bungled Dominaria United. Oh my god, yeah. I can't blame <laughs> us for that one though cuz I feel like with the Brothers War, like I was like tuned in on what like where the fun was, but for mm-hmm. like Dominaria United, I'm like what do people want out of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got blindsided by some of the the cards that ended up being popular from that set. Mm-hmm. But we have had had a return to form with the Brothers War. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can keep that up for our all of so. predictions. Yeah, spoiler, um, there's uh me and nick agreed on a lot which is probably a good sign <laughs> yes uh before we jump into that uh let's talk a little bit about the uh the differences between our predictions and the top 10 for brothers war so uh, i think that like given that you predicted dukesia's welcome and the Mightstone and Weakstone, i think we weren't that far off from the pulse there i think Mirel shield of argive um i i think like I thought about it, but for me, the issue was like, I didn't know if people wanted to pay four mana for a grand abolisher and mm-hmm. the other text like doesn't matter that much outside of like dedicated soldiers. Like there's not a ton of soldiers that are just useful in commander. Um, yeah. So I think most of the time mural is going to make like one to two soldiers. So not like huge value. Um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of where I was at too was mm-hmm. like I, I could see this I mean I could see someone playing this as a card in the 99 but not I, I figured it would have been like a red white soldier deck or something you know which is not a very high percentage of decks in the format yeah Um, and then I was sad that Skyfisher Spider uh, didn't show up a little higher on the list Um, I think I still think it's a very good card Um, I think it's Color identity is really what hurt it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's any... actually kind of surprising to me too. Like, kind of, it's it's very good. I don't know. There, maybe it was like the the splashiness of it or something. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, had a lot of splashy stuff. I think is one of the big things. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it was just like looked a little too bread and butter. Maybe people just don't like sacrificing their creatures. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was pretty far down in the ranking. So an unfortunate miss there. Any, any other thoughts on the brothers war or are you, you ready to move on to all be one? Uh, just that I thought the brothers war, like maybe it's just cause I wasn't expecting that much, but I was like very happy with a lot of the cards in it and the set as a whole, like, I've really enjoyed playing with a lot of the cards. Like I've, I've purchased a lot more of the cards from this set than most sets uh, in like recent memory. Um, and I thought that was just an interesting thing. I don't know if it's just these themes appeal to me more, but um, maybe that's why I was able to guess. <laughs> like, so <laughs> I, cause like, it's just stuff that I like doing, but this next set, when we get into our one predictions, uh, I think there'll be some trends <laughs> that mm-hmm. will become obvious. So do you want to start off your, uh, your top 10? Yeah. Um, so number one on my list, uh, and again, these aren't in any particular order. Um, I'm just going by color order here. So Elish Norn, mother of machines is my first pick. Um, so Panharmonicon is in 93,000 decks on EDH rec. Elish Norn offers that. Uh, and, as well as like a torpor orb for your opponents and in addition to like being an effect or like offering an effect that people really like you know she's the face of the set she's easily like the most popular phyrexian character in the story at the moment i, th- I think there are a lot of people who just like her and will jump at an opportunity to put her in a deck uh so i i think i i think she's going to be in the top 10 uh do you want to should i do my entire top 10 or do you want to trade off let's trade off because uh i'm I'm trying to line line some stuff up so my first one 
is going to be Elshnorn Mother Machines. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of going through the set and looking at everything. Um, obviously, when you let's say you you open up Scryfall, you go to sets and you click on All Will Be One. It shows the set to you in Wooburg order, so it starts with white, and you can scroll down and go through everything until you hit all the alternate card types. So I kind of just that's where I start when I like try to do these prediction episodes as I look through the set and I'm like, Oh, what do I like what, what looks good? What do I think people are going to like? What have I seen hype about? Do I think that's real? And she's just sitting there staring you in the face. The first card that I got to, and I'm like, there's no way that this Praetor isn't one of the most popular cards in the set in index out of decks, like a panharmonicon is incredibly popular stapled to a creature stapled to a torpor orb. It just seems and, and not just any creature, you know, like an incredibly popular like character from mm. the lore. So yeah, it just seemed like a home run. <laughs> this is if Elish Norn is not in the top ten come three months from now, like I have no clue what I'm doing <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so with that said, uh, what is your next card? Uh the next card on my list is the Eternal Wanderer. Uh so we talked about a lot uh we talked about her a lot during our set review. But she's four white white for a uh, planeswalker. She has uh, a static ability, which is players or essentially like only one creature can attack her each combat. Uh, she comes in with five loyalty. She has plus one exile up to one target artifact or creature. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of that player's end step. Zero created two two white samurai creature token with double strike. And minus four for each player. Choose a creature that player controls. Each player sacrifices all creatures they control, not chosen this way. So this card, to me, I mean, again, we talked about it a lot during the set review. Uh, I think the easiest point of comparison is probably like Elspeth's Son's Champion. So Elspeth's Son's Champion, like, essentially is the same price point, has a very similar function in that she is um, able to like sort of act as a board wipe the turn she comes down and then the turns after that she's very very good at protecting herself because she makes so many blockers um so the the eternal wanderer act functions a lot of the same way she's going to clear out all most of the major threats on the board uh she'll leave you with hopefully like a decent blocker she makes it hard to attack her down because they can only send one guy at her um and then if she survives in the following turns uh, she offers sort of a value engine. She's got this blink engine on the plus one. She can make tokens with uh, a decent ability. Um, but I, I just think she's she's very good. And, and as a point of reference, Elspeth Sun's Champion is in 39,000 decks on EDH rec. Um, so that's my second pick. What is your second pick, Zach? Well, my second pick is... The Eternal Wander. <laughs> no surprise. I mean, uh, something that you're going to note is that there's just a just a ton of white cards. There's so many white cards in the set that are juiced. And mm-hmm. um, I think before we started recording, Nick said it best, I think, which is like, this is Elish Norn's set, you know? So it's kind of not a surprise that even Elish Norn's enemy in the set is going to have some, some chutzpah, you know? <laughs> like, this is... It's pretty wild. So I, I think this is one of the few planeswalkers that they juiced enough to play in commander. Um and it's kind of wild to me what it takes to make that happen, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the amount of value that you get from the Eternal Wanderer even sticking around like one turn is just crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like play it, wipe the board, or don't wipe the board, play it like no one has anything. You start making samurais. It's just crazy, you know. Like, mm-hmm. so link in your sweet EDB creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wild. Or just like ah, your thing, which is like gonna wreck me next turn. Like, how about it comes back at the end of your turn, unless you like send it somewhere else or something. You know, like <laughs> that's crazy. That's so. It's a plus one. <laughs> like, that's that's wild. So very very powerful card. Very cool. Um. Super Friends decks just got a little bit more juice. And with that, I think it is your next one. What is your next card? All right. Uh, next on my list is Mondrak Glory Dominus. Um, so Mondrak is a member of the cycle of Domini. Uh, it is two white white for a 4-4 legendary creature for Exian Horror. 
If one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice that many of those tokens are created instead. And it has one white Phyrexian, white Phyrexian, sacrifice two other creatures and or artifacts, put an indestructible counter on Mondrak Glory Dominus. So uh, easy point of comparison here. Anointed Procession essentially does the same thing for the same price point on an enchantment. And that is in 90,000 decks on EDH rec. So Mondrak uh, is slightly more fragile in the sense that it is a creature and there's a lot more creature removal running around. Uh, but it does have this ability to protect itself by giving itself an indestructible counter. Um, so a little bit of a plus and minus there. Uh, but I really think that this card is going to see a lot of play. Um, there's just so many white token decks. It's a popular effect. Um, I think it's a very good card. Yeah, What what is um, the... Uh... Yeah, the Anointed Procession being in like 90,000 decks on EDH rec is like absolutely <laughs> like that. I am flabbergasted when I saw that number, you know, just geez. <laughs> oh, wow. What like talk about like a popular effect, you know? So if you're all ready, then I'm I'm going to get to my number three pick, which Go is uh, Mandible Justicart. Just kidding. It's Mondrak Glory Dominus. <laughs> um, so basically everything that nick said and everything i just said just there's no way that a creature that doubles tokens and also can maybe become indestructible like isn't a popular card so it seems like a home run hit (laughs) this top Mm -hmm. three have been like so easy and they're all white cards so this is where um i think me and nick start to uh differ a little bit on the set review so nick what is your fourth card uh my fourth card is screlv defector might um, this is a single white mana for a 1-1 legendary artifact creature Phyrexian Might. Um, it has Toxic 1, it can't block, and it has Phyrexian White, tap, choose a color. Another target creature you control gains Toxic 1 and Hexproof from that color until end of turn. It can't be blocked by creatures of that color this turn. So doesn't quite offer protection but it offers like the two biggest benefits of protection as a result it like kind of looks a lot like a giver of runes um giver of runes is in thirty-two thousand decks on edh rec um so a, a respectable number and screlv i think has a even though it's mostly worse than giver of runes it has a couple things going for it uh, i think it is well first off it being an artifact creature does matter in some contexts, um, although it does kind of make it a little bit more fragile. Uh, it's seeing like standard some standard play at the moment. I think that like sort of puts it on people's radar. And then also, I think people like the character. I think they think he's cute, uh, and I think that might give him a little boost as well. Um, so I like Skrelv. I think he will show up in the top ten. Yeah. Um so I I really like Skrelv too. Uh the, I did not put Skrelv into my top 10 just cuz I was like am I crazy for putting all these white cards in but I don't think it's crazy to put all these white cards in. I I would have put a few more white cards on the list honestly. Um but I did want to try and branch out a little bit. So my next um my next card is my first blue card. Um and it is Iker Moon Gauntlet. Um, so this one had a lot of hype. People kind of lost it for a second when they saw it. It is a blue artifact. It costs two and a blue, so mana value of three. Ikermoon Gotland says, Planeswalkers you control have zero proliferate and minus 12 take an extra turn after this one. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, choose a counter on target permanent, put an additional counter of that kind on that permanent. So that last ability is good, not just in super friend decks. It's just good in general, right? It's like funny, like pinpoint proliferate. Um, that's yeah, no, I cool. like that ability. Yeah, pretty cool and good. The first ability is pretty wild. So having each planeswalker get a plus one that ticks up each other planeswalker means you can do some pretty goofy stuff in the super friends list, like get two minus 12s that don't pop your planeswalkers and make them mm-hmm. go to the graveyard. So um being that like that archetype that theme is an incredibly popular theme 
um line on EDA track. I uh I'm gonna go with this one as one of them. Uh so there's mm, there's twenty thousand decks in the planeswalkers theme <laughs> on EDA track, so I I'm most of them are blue. I'm that's where I'm going with this one. So um what is your next card? What's your fifth card? All right, uh my fifth card is Vron Executioner Thane. Uh so Vron is one and a black for a two-two legendary creature Phyrexian Vampire. Whenever one or more other creatures you control die, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. This ability triggers only once each turn. Um so as we mentioned during the set review, this is uh even though it's like offers a bigger life swing, it's worse than a lot of other like blood artist effects because um you can't stack them up in one turn. You can't like really infinite combo off with this or like if there's a board wipe it won't trigger for all your guys dying but uh people do really like their aristocrats effects um and if you are able to like keep it alive over the course of several rounds of turns it does deal a a crazy amount of damage um so that's that's where i'm going with this i think vron is going to be my number five um what is your number five Yes, my number five is uh, a card that I talked about in the last episode. It is Vraska's Betrayal Sting. Uh, so Vraska, um, this is my, I think my only black card. Uh, I only had one blue card. Tried to get a few colors in there, you know, tried to keep it keep it nice. Um, Vraska Betrayal Sting is a tricky six mana Planeswalker. It's a four black Phyrexian black um, for a completed six loyalty Planeswalker Vraska. So, again, you can pay five and two life for this, or six mana for this. If you pay five and two life, it enters with four loyalty counters, and if you pay six mana, it enters with six. And it has three abilities. Uh, Zero, draw a card, lose a life, proliferate. Minus two, target creature becomes a treasure artifact with tap, sack this artifact, add one mana of any color, and loses all other types and abilities. And minus nine, if target player has fewer than nine poison counters, they get a number of poison counters equal to the difference. Um, so mostly I'm looking at this card for that plus zero. Um, when I'm looking at this card, I'm thinking about like all of the decks that really wanted like contagion engine that really wanted these like, uh, five mana proliferate things. Um, and even though this is like worse than that, this gives you a little bit more value than those cards did too. Uh, and it's a planeswalker with like multiple art, styles so i think what we're gonna see is like black decks that need like a top end or like a um, hapatra decks that want to add more counters and draw cards and things like that are going to end up probably playing uh, vraska as like an engine card um even though she is a planeswalker that can be attacked i i think the allure of the mythic symbol and the planeswalker type line is enough for an engine that's probably worse than like a contagion engine to to chug along you know Mm -hmm. so that's that's my number five that was number five yes (laughs) so i guess what's your number six all right number six for me is solfim mayhem dominus this is two red red for a five four legendary creature phyrexian horror if a source you control would deal non-combat damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls, it deals double that damage to that player or permanent instead. Uh, and one red red, discard two cards, put an indestructible counter on Sulfim Mayhem Dominus. Um, so, or sorry, one red Phyrexian, red Phyrexian. So as little as one mana and four life, potentially. Um, all right, so going off of uh, the easiest point of comparison, I think would be Torbrand Thane of Red Fell. He's in 48,000 decks on EDA Trek. It is worth noting that Sulfim uh, only gives the bonus to non-combat damage. So swinging in with your guys will not trigger him unlike uh, Torbrand. But uh, I think this is still a very powerful effect. Um, there's a lot of decks out there that are like trying to burn creatures or players for Hela. Um, and I, I think this could be a very appealing card for those lists. Absolutely. Uh, I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your number six? You got a red card, don't you? 
I do have a red card, and it's it's this one. It's all will be one. So this is the the card named of the set. I'm actually amazed that like the title card of the set was a red card, um, mm-hmm. being that is Elish Norn's set. But yeah, it, it doesn't also does... feel well. Also, just like the name doesn't feel like a red name. Like red isn't about unity; it's about individuality. It's yeah, strange. exactly. Very strange. Um, it does feature our main main uh, heroine you could say as the uh center of the art so that's fun also nisses there or something um <laughs> but all will be one is a five mana enchantment cost three red red uh and says whenever you put one or more counters on a permanent or player all will be one deals that much damage to target opponent creature and opponent controls or planeswalker and opponent controls uh, i'm kind of going off of this one because we haven't really had something like this in the past so I'm kind of basing this one off of hype and like utility, and this seems like it works incredibly well with dozens of commanders. Any commander that works with any kind of counter, um, any commander that wanted to combo anyway, this just makes a whole bunch of new red combos available. Um, it's incredibly powerful, and because of that i can't really see it not being played so i could be wrong about this one this is um i'm kind of going off of the allure of the splashy mythic but that's gotten me to the right place before you know um i think it's also just interesting because again we've never seen an effect quite like this before so i'm interested to see if people do key into it because they made it very strong <laughs> they they really really juice that one so um that is my number six and my only red card so would you like to move on to your number six sure uh canker bloom uh this is one to green for a three two Rexian uh fungus and you can pay one and sacrifice it to destroy target artifact destroy target enchantment or proliferate um and just for some easy points of comparison, uh, Haywire Might is the seventh most adopted card in the Brothers War. Uh, Caustic Caterpillar is in 32,000 decks on EDH Rec. Outland Liberator is in 17,000 decks on EDH Rec. And that one was only printed last year. Um, uh, oh, actually, uh, well, I guess it was two years ago now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Time dilation. Um, yeah. So I, I think that this is a like staple effect. Um, is a pretty good rate. The base body is a little bit better than we normally see on this type of effect. And it has the added benefit of like potentially helping out where proliferate matters. Um, so I, I think this is a, a good kind of like bread and butter type card, but I think it could see a lot of play, especially given like Haywire might performing well in, in the Brothers War. No, I, I agree with that entire sentiment like i i picked up i usually pick up these cards because um they just are very good i like having decks that work out of the graveyard so cards that like put themselves into the graveyard so it's easier to get them out of the graveyard like work pretty well so i was very much a fan of outland liberator which also had the added benefit of like flipping and destroying stuff on attacks but the uh added downside of like having to track night and day forever um this oh, is yeah. a much, it's it's a lot easier with this guy. So I and also the ability to proliferate. I, I think that Kinker Bloom is gonna be popular, you know. I think it hits enough of the points for people to take notice and just get to like just cross the sexy finish line, you know. I, that's what it seems like to me, or at least from like the sparse Twitter threads I'm able to see now that the website's broken, you know. <laughs> Um, but I guess this is my, my seventh card, which is my only green card. Uh, this is conduit of worlds. So conduit of worlds, uh, we mentioned it in the last, the last episode, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's a four mana green artifact. So it costs two green, green conduit of Worlds says you may play lands from your graveyard and it says tap, choose target non-land permanent card in your graveyard. If you haven't cast a spell this turn, you may cast that card. If you do, you can't cast any additional spells this turn. Activate only as a sorcery. So, um, what was the Yagmoth's 
card that let you cast a spell from the graveyard once a turn. Oh, you know once a turn. There's a. It was from the Urza's sets. Um, it's like a black six mana enchantment that lets you cast a card from your graveyard once a turn. Um, and someone at home is yelling. Yogmoth's right agenda. Yeah, Yogmoth's agenda. There you go. So that card, honestly, like was pretty. Oh, not from. It was an invasion. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Um. So that card, honestly, like, ha- like in certain decks, was pretty good. The fact that this version of this effect, the Conduit of Worlds, is opt-in, so you're not locked into that, and then also you can just play lands from your graveyard all the time. Like, that's a ton of value, so I I really think that this is going to be, like, a pretty highly played card. Um, and I'm going to let Nick get to uh, your number eight. So what is your number eight card? Uh, my number eight is also Conduit of Worlds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, my rationale is Ramanop Excavator is in 83,000 decks on EDH rec. Uh, although Conduit is is one mana more expensive, it's less fragile, and then it, it does have that added bonus of getting you gas out of your graveyard if you need it. Um, so I'm pretty high, high on that card as well. Uh, but tell us your number nine. Yes, my number nine card is, um, or I guess my number eight card, is uh, Mer Converter. So Merc Converter is uh all, all my cards are colorless from here on out. I, I skipped over. Sorry, Tybar, I love you, but you're not gonna see as much play as this this little guy, this go-getter. Um Merc Converter is a two mana uh artifact creature for Exian Murr. Uh they're a two one, and they have toxic one, but I don't care about that. I care about the next ability, which is tap, pay two life, add a mana of any color. Um, so I'm just kind of going off of Manamur, our incredibly popular Urtet was just printed. Um, this is a two mana mana fixer, like mana dork in any color, which is incredibly valuable. Um, there's been a lot of jank decks I've made over the years that I've been like, man, I sure do wish that I had a two drop that would make one of any color. Um, and we got the um, Ornithopter of Paradise in uh eternal masters to or not eternal masters and um modern horizons 2 that has been very good for me uh i think this is going to be also good with the added benefit of mer people are going to be like all over that you know so any urtet deck is already automatically just going to scoop this guy up um so that's where i'm at with this guy uh and i think that's it i think that's all i want to say about my little little, little mer guy so what is also, your number? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll I'll add on to that, which is that um, it it is worth noting that he does have toxic, so he is like a potential oh, utility guy that matters for the poison decks. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that that is uh, something they have not really had. Also, so that's a good point. All right, my number nine, Sword of Forge and Frontier. Uh, so this is the newest member and the, the ninth overall. Of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> sword super cycle, I guess it is technically. Um, so it's three mana for an artifact equipment. Um, it has equipped two, and equipped creature gets plus two plus two and has protection from red and from green. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. You may play an additional land this turn. Um, so this is, I think, the s- second best sword in terms of like. Uh, broad utility and then maybe the third best overall um so definitely like a very strong sword um and even like some of the swords that are worse than forge and frontier like sword of fire and ice is in thirty-two thousand decks on edh rec uh the better swords like sword of feast and famine and sword of um hearth and home both of those are in 55,000 decks in EDH rec. So I kind of expect this to settle like somewhere between those two numbers. Um, and I, I think it's, uh, I think there's appetite for more strong mm-hmm. swords. Yeah. I think it's a, it, a good card. It's interesting. I think we mentioned um, in, I can't remember exactly where that the swords in particular are kind of a lot more fair than these to be partly because um, the power level of a lot of cards has gone up and a lot of commanders, but also there's a lot more like artifacts 
with colors. So you kind of do have to decide if you want like your sort of uh, Fire and Ice or sort of Forge and Frontier and also like an Embercleave or something like that. Um, but that said, like there, it's so much value. <laughs> it's so much value. It goes in any deck. It doesn't just go in equipment mm-hmm. decks. You know, this, this sword is just good in any deck with a guy that wants to attack. So yeah, I'm super, super down for Forge and Frontier. That's a good one. Yeah, so my next one is also an artifact. So this is Staff of Completion. Um, Staff of Completion is a three-mana artifact that says, uh, it just has a bunch of active abilities. It says, tap, pay one life, destroy target permanent you own. Tap, pay two life, add one mana of any color. Tap, pay three life, proliferate. Tap, pay four life, draw a card, and five mana, untap Staff of Completion. So... Does not go infinite the same ways that uh, Staff of Domination does, but you can you still can. But also, it's just like a crazy mana rock, you know. Like you play this on three, and not only do you have the option to just not add mana if you don't need it or don't want it, you can proliferate, you can draw a card, you can uh, do just a bunch of stuff with it. So I think this is going to be kind of an all star and like. Any deck that wants to proliferate, I think this is going to be a great card for any decks that care about like life fluctuations. Uh, this is just a decent mana rock in general. It kind of fits into a bunch of weird niche archetypes. If you do want to destroy your own permanence, like I guess it's got you there too. So weird card, cool card. Um, I'm into it and I, I feel like other people will be too. Um, which I think gets us to your number 10 uh yeah so my number 10 is the mica synth gardens um this is a new land coming out of the set uh it's a sphere it taps for a colorless mana it also has one tap add one mana of any color and it has x tap the mica synth gardens becomes a copy of target non-token artifact you control with mana value x um so this just seems like uh a fantastic card for artifact lists um or or even not even necessarily like artifact themes but just decks with a fair number of artifacts in them um for reference sculpting steel is in forty-five thousand decks on edh rec that's three mana for an artifact that enters a battlefield as a copy of any artifact so it's it's clearly like this ability to copy artifacts is clearly useful um in commander it's worth noting one difference, like the Micah's in the Gardens can only target your artifacts, unlike Sculpting Steel. But it's still like a fantastic effect to have on a land. The opportunity to cost the opportunity cost to run it is just very, very low in most decks. Um, but tell me about your number 10. Well, my number 10. Uh, might not have heard of it before. It's Mycosynth Gardens. Uh, so basically exactly the same reasons you were saying. I think that this is the card that snuck up on me, I think the most in the set. Um, just because it's a land, (laughs) like it's, it's a land. You don't have to spend a slot on it. If you just have a decent number of artifacts in your deck, this is just a safe thing to put in just adds to the team. So I... I'm impressed with the Mycosynth Gardens already. Um, I think it's going to do a lot of good things, and I, I I know I'm going to play with it a lot. I feel like other people are going to, too. Um, the proclivity towards just putting some artifacts in most decks these days, like there's so many colored artifacts that do particular things. There's so many decks that maybe want an extra equipment or something like that. So I, I feel like it's very, very broadly applicable and and very strong even though it's broadly applicable. So um, that's it. I I have um, an honorable mention. Do you have any that you want to bring up before we uh, get on to combining this list? Yes, uh, I have one honorable mention. um, And this is Nissa Ascended Animist. Uh, So she is three green, green, and then green Phyrexian, green Phyrexian. So potentially seven mana, um, Potentially as little as five and four life. Um, she's a legendary planeswalker Nissa with seven starting loyalty, but she also has completed. Uh, so for each 
green Phyrexian paid with life, this Planeswalker enters with two fewer loyalty counters. So she can be a seven cost Planeswalker with seven loyalty, a six and two life cost Planeswalker with five loyalty, or a five cost and four life Planeswalker with three starting loyalty. So a lot. <laughs> Definitely the most fun cards to read on an audio yes, podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. You're welcome, everyone. Um, <laughs> so she's got plus one, create an XX green for Xane Horror creature token where X is Nissa's loyalty, minus one destroy target artifact or enchantment, or minus seven until end of turn. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one for each forest you control and gain trample. Uh, so this is very clearly a card that isn't pretty much not worth playing unless you are in mono green and casting it for seven. But if you do, this is like, as I mentioned during the set review, uh, this is the best. Uh, this is the best overrun we've seen I agree in over with that a decade. Statement. I think, yeah. um, uh, or at least the best green one. So I think that if if you are in mono green, you're you owe it to yourself to, and, and I guess, and you're going wide like a a creature based mono green list. Um, yeah, but crazy. you probably owe it to yourself to run this card. It's just very powerful. Yeah, but tell me about your honorable mentions. So it's three, but two of them I'm going to go over pretty quickly, uh, and also I think are going to contribute to our combined list. Um, are, it's just two more white cards I didn't want to not mention. It's Skrelve and Skrelve's Hive. So Skrelve, uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself. I'm not sure why they're like, yeah, this new character you'd never heard about before. Did, okay, did we not hear about Skrelve? Is this the first time we've heard about Skrelve? Or is this just the first time I've heard about Skrelve? This this is, as uh, someone who reads a lot into Phyrexian lore, this is the first time we've heard about Skrelf. Okay, yeah, so they were just like, yeah, this little guy, this little go-getter, here's a bunch of cards, and they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange, but Skrelf, the Defector Might, is a one-mana, one-one. Uh, they're a legendary artifact creature, Phyrexian Might. So, mana value of one, costs a single white mana. Toxic one, Skrelf, Defector Might, can't block, and then has Phyrexian White tap. Choose a color, another target creature you control. Gains Toxic 1 and Hexproof from that color until end of turn. It can't be blocked by creatures of that color this turn. Uh, so you can pay either a white mana or two life to activate that ability. It's kind of like a weird Mother of Runes variant, um, but still very powerful and has a lot more synergies being that it is an artifact and uh, doesn't make equipment fall off, stuff like that. And then Skrull's Hive is a two mana enchantment, one and a white. Beginning your upkeep, you lose one life and create a 1-1 colorless Phyrexian Might artifact creature token with Toxic 1, and this creature can't block. And then if an opponent is corrupted, they have lifelink. Your Toxic creatures have lifelink. So like two more white cards that I just was like, this is wild. I can't imagine people not playing this, but I don't know if I want to put them in my top 10. And then the one that I do want to mention um, that I I think is just going to be played just because all the other cards that do this are played really heavily is Zoprandel Hunger Dominus. I finally learned how to say your name. Uh, so this is a 4-6 Phyrexian Horror for 7 mana. Uh, so mana value of 7, 5 green green. They have reach, and at the beginning of each combat, double the power and toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. And then they have the Dominus feature of Phyrexian green, Phyrexian green, sacrifice two other creatures, put an indestructible counter on Zoprandral. This effect, the doubling power and toughness, like this is probably one of the worst versions of it that we've seen because it's the most expensive way to get it, but it's consistent. It's still on a 4-6 body, which attacks as an 8-12, <laughs> just to, <laughs> to note. Um, so, uh, oh, well, I guess each combat attacks and blocks as an 8-12. So, uh, on top of doubling your whole board. So, I, this effect is really popular. Um, I can't imagine people not playing with this. I just wasn't sure if it would go in the top 10. So with that said, uh, I'm going to read off our combined list so far. So what we have in common is Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, the Eternal Wanderer, Mondrak, Glory Dominus, Conduit of Worlds, and the Mycosynth Gardens. Um, I'm going to say, since my I had a Skrelv as an honorable mention, I think, and you had it on your main list. I think we should put Skrelv on the list too. Um, okay. Just uh, the mono white yeah, let's... colored cards just killed it this set, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just, just absolutely destroyed. Um, All right. I will strike. There's one card that I will strike off of my list if I can strike a card off of your list. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, so 
thinking about it more, uh, I want to take Solfim out of contention. I think that like the decks that do want the damage doubling are doing most of it through combat. And so him not doubling combat damage probably is going to keep him from being like being played in a lot of decks. I Uh, I am going to say, Oh yeah, I'll let you finish. Uh, no, go, go ahead. What are you going to say? I was going to say that I, I do think that he might like top 10. I'm not sure I, I didn't put him in my top 10 for this, the same reason, but top 20, you know, like I think it's still going to be one of the more played cards in the set. I just don't know if it's going to be like the most popular thing, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, but the card I want to strike off of your list is the only red card that you have on oh, your yeah. <laughs> list, which is all will be one. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, outside of like the narrow combo potential in like the red terror or with like, you know, one or two random crappy the enchantments or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just don't think that has like broad appeal. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm into it. Let's, let's uh, edit this down. So, um, also, like the red card, the, when it's red versus white in the faction with Elish Norn, you know, mm-hmm. I gotta, you gotta concede that the white card. Well, I mean, the whole conflict in, in New Phyrexia is red versus white. It's exactly, on. exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm down with that. That's fine. Um, so, I think I would put, I'm gonna go with, I wanna pick one off of your list. I think Canker Bloom is probably going to be one of them. That's one that I could see people really gravitating towards. Um. So toss it on I think there. I think that's a safe ad. Um. Okay. Um, um. Let me take a look. Um. I feel think, like we've got all the really good, easy, safe ones at this point. <laughs> I I think. Hold on. I think Sword of Ford of Forge and Frontier. I think that one is also safe. Um, okay actually i yeah i'm I'm done with that that sounds good so we got con the sword on here i am gonna i'm gonna push from the little mer the little mer that could um i'm not okay. sure how you feel about that uh i honestly like hmm it, it's a kind of card that i like a lot and i would find myself like why do i keep putting this stupid mer in all my decks um <laughs> But I I think that like most players are are scared of well okay so it's got the easy thing of like there's going to be just like a billion people trying to do Urtet and it goes in every single one of those decks yeah, and that's going to boost Urtet its deck. numbers mm-hmm. at least initially um and then do would people run it in their like toxic lists let me I think, I think on, people I would. Ch- let me just check if it's in like the Ixel uh, precon because I think that deck does have. Oh yeah, um, the, the precon effect. Yeah, that deck does have some cards from the main set in it, so it's worth seeing if just like are people going to leave this card in when they realize, yeah. oh, I can get Ixel out a turn earlier. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> let's take a look. It is ooh, it, it is, is, is in the Ixel deck. Okay. Oh, yeah, you okay. I think I'm convincing well you're convincing me but I'm also yeah. convincing myself. Um okay. I'll, let's put Mere Comfort on there. Okay. That'll be our, cool. our wild card guess. Our wild card. Yeah. All right. So where are we at? We have 9. So what do you think what do you want to add to the list? It's your uh, your turn to to edit something. Man. Okay. I I mean we like agree on so much. Um I know, yeah, that's kind of the thing that is making it kind of hard for me too. <laughs> yeah, it's it, okay. It, it gets tough. I, I guess I would put forward Anissa, but I recognize mm. like the card is complicated. People might not even <laughs> play it right. Like, yeah, <laughs> d- like two Phyrexian pips on a completed card is a fucking math test for some people. Um, I. Yeah, I'll put forward Nissa. Okay. It's I think it's good. I don't know if people recognize that it's good. I think people do. Um, I think Nissa is like a character people like. Oh, I guess people are sad that uh she got kind of norted right there. So yeah. Phyrexianized, but I'll, I'll <laughs> I give that you that was one. A, a deep 
Kingdom's Hearts pull. Oh, right there. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> a deep pull for all the all the Kingdom Hearts fans. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm done um, with that. I'm I'm happy. With I mean, that I mean, one. you can you can you can try to convince me of of one of the other ones on your list. The only other green card that I would would be the Zoprandrel, but I think well, that it's pretty close be between card. both of them. Um, yeah, I guess it doesn't have to be a green card. So I'm I'm not convinced with Ekermoon Gauntlet. I put it on to mention a blue card, and I do think it could see play, but I'm not sure if that's something that people want to be doing or if it's really like I kind of talked myself out of it in this episode, <laughs> um, just because I. I kind of assumed that there would be a lot more blue Planeswalker decks. And there are, but not as much as I had initially thought. Um, I guess Super Friends decks aren't as big of a... I guess it's because you become the arch enemy. So I'm not super down on that one. Staff of Completion I'm into. I'm not... I I think it's going to see a lot of play just because of the proliferate. But I don't know. So it would probably be off of the cards on my list. It would probably be Zoprandrell. Uh, or like Vraska. Um, so I guess let's talk about Vraska because that one actually made well, me like what, what are hits okay. against Vraska? Well, hold on. Let me, can I also just say one or two things on Iker Moon and the staff of completion? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so Iker Moon Gauntlet, I think what, mm, if it was a $5 card, I would be more willing to be convinced. Oh yeah. But right now it's like $17 oh. and like, <laughs> I, I'm building Azuri, the new Azuri, the proliferate Azuri, and I like it, Icar Moon Gauntlet in that deck, but I'm also like, I'm not going to spend $17 on a card that like is only really decent in like this one deck that I own and isn't even that good in the deck. Like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, that's I, I don't think Icar Moon's going to see broad play. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, it's until it like sees a price decrease. Um, mm-hmm. um, okay. The, and then staff of completion. I like that card. It is like a lot more attainable. It is only five bucks right now. And it goes in like the proliferate decks, the poison decks. I just don't know if there's going to be enough of those decks to really, um, to really like push it into the top 10. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I think, mm, I think there's like a not insignificant number of players who just don't like paying life for stuff. That's no, that's definitely true. Yeah, I just I feel like that's definitely true. Most people will turn down a card if it like does something simple, but you have to pay life for it. Hmm. Um. Okay. So. Okay. Now we were talking about Vraska Betrayal Sting. Yeah. So why why would you what would you argue against Vraska and or what would you argue for? I would argue for Vraska in that it's um it's very good in Super Friends builds. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like kind of everything you want. There's just like so many um five mana planeswalkers that like plus one draw a car minus something (laughs) kill something and then have an ultimate that like comes very close to winning a game she as as you mentioned she has the added benefit the added benefit of um pumping everything all your other planeswalkers um yeah i think it's a good card um i don't know i don't know if i would run it in like in like a poison build or something there's just not that many non super friends builds where i mean like i think what'll happen is in, in like a non super friend build in like a poison build you'll pay 5 mana you'll draw a card you'll add poison to all your opponents and then it get attacked gets attacked down like the average poison deck is going to be very aggressive. It's not going to be a. It's not going to be like holding a lot of blockers back or running a lot of cards that make it more difficult to attack your planeswalkers. Like it's not going to have the infrastructure needed for just like kind of a mediocre planeswalker to stick around for very long. Uh, unlike a planeswalker deck, which is going to have every all the heinous stuff that makes combat impossible. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, convince me like she convinced me that Vraska has more legs than just the Super Friends builds because I don't know if that's enough to get her to crack the top ten. Yeah, if if that's enough to, yeah, I see that. Um, so in my mind, um, what ends up happening with decks that like start putting counters early is that they like taper out unless they have like some pretty like good draw engines or um like say with like minus one minus one counter decks or um even like poison decks or something like that you kind of run out of steam like later in the game and so like a five mana card that works with that that gives you value that like kind of is a threat on the field seems like pretty decent in those like let's say you're you're playing Hippotra, um you've kind of like run your hand out you cast Hippotra twice um so you, you cast her again she's on the field and you play vraska all of a sudden that's like two to three snakes or something like that plus a card that now is completely protected by the snakes and stuff like it, it just seems like proliferate has so much synergy um and on top of just like killing killing something like a normal planeswalker does i'm trying to like weigh how much i think super friend because if i think it's going to be only super friends list that are going to play this i probably would not put it on the list but if i think it's going to be like a pretty broadly applicable card then i would put it on the list okay mm. so um, i guess that's what it comes down to do we want to pass and put what well else as the last one Okay, there's one card that didn't make it onto either of our lists. I just didn't want to mention like a fifth white card. Oh. Um, <laughs> so maybe maybe we're just pulling uh pulling this out of nowhere. Um, the wild card. The wild card is it? Is it uh, White Sun's Twilight? It is White Sun's Twilight. I was thinking about that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so so Marshall Coup is in thirty thousand decks on EDH Rec. Um, White Sun's I. White Sun's Twilight is very similar. Uh, notable differences are that um, you're making 1-1 mites um, that cannot block in, instead of soldiers, and you also gain X life on White Sun Zenith. So I would say mostly worse, but has, you know, it, it's very good in decks that like care about your creatures being artifacts or care about poison. I would I would put that forward as another contender for our final slot in this top ten. You know, I'm um, I'm kind of down for that. So I I was going to put this on the list and did not put it on my list because I was like, there's so many white cards. But I think <laughs> I've convinced myself that this is the set for white cards. <laughs> like this is what I've been waiting for. This for so for long, like, yeah, for two years now, I've been putting way too many white cards in my top ten list, and this might be the time that it's appropriate. <laughs> Are you know? uh, smiling down on us? Mm-hmm. Okay, that that will be yeah, that that'll be the last one. Uh, so okay, reading off this this top ten list, uh, we have God, fully half <laughs> of it white cards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, the Eternal Wanderer, Mondrak, Glory Dominus, Skrelv, Defector Might, White Sun, Zenith, Kankerbloom, Conduit of Worlds, Mere Convert. Sword of Forge and Frontier, and the Mycosynth Gardens. Those are our guesses for what the top 10 cards from New Phyrexia, or sorry, from Phyrexia All B1 uh, are, are going to be on EDH Rec the next time we check in. Um, gosh, <laughs> any any thoughts about this this top 10 <laughs> list? Any, anything yeah, you want to well, say before we think, wrap it up? Yeah, I just think it's funny that I w- when I started making my list, I was like, it was mostly white cards, and I think somehow we convinced ourselves to <laughs> go with the mostly white cards. <laughs> so I'm I'm into it. I, I actually am not. Um, that doesn't deter me. That kind of just means that like we probably made some good choices. I'm telling myself maybe I am. No, I, am I, crazy, I think this but. is right. I I think that like we didn't want to give white half the slots on this list. Like if we were really just like brain dead i think we would have done like one to two cards in each color and a couple artifacts that's probably like the the no thought list mm. yeah um but i think but we really talked ourselves into, into it, it yeah after <laughs> like true. i don't know 
how long uh, an hour long discussion i yeah. think i think white earned these spots on the list yeah i think you're right okay okay i can feel better about that now okay uh all right i think we're gonna wrap it up there uh before we go i to give a brief thank you to our patreon patrons they are gustav ryan addison rick Raphael, kyle laser charlotte the white clays hannah andy james bryce benjamin kyle Brandon, Kaidel, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, Hugo Riddle, Carl Oscar, Danny B, Jean-Francois, Drew, Recta, Nick, Cameron, Valerio, Zach, Quincy, Carrie, Stephen, The Longs, and Vincent. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Commander Theory. And on Twitter, I am at Fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commandertheory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think. 